0: Can anybody hear me? Is it on? Perfect. Good morning, everyone. Uh, It is such a privilege to be up here. Um, Yeah, for those of you who don't know, uh, I have a wonderful father, Hilton, and um, he was a pastor when I was growing up, and I made a vow to myself that I will never follow his footsteps. I will never preach. And um, here I am, so, yeah. Um, That same father has a saying Um, many of you might have heard it, but he says my job is to raise you, your job is to recover from how I raised you. (laughs) So today I'm going to be talking about how to recover from your parents. No, I'm just kidding, I'm not. Um, I'm going to be talking about the lesson that I've been learning over the past five or so years, um, because I seem to be a slow learner, it's taken that long to teach me, but I'm actually going to be talking today about obedience. So I am a preschool teacher, I work with two to three-year-olds and I just adore it, adore it, adore it. But um, the stories I could tell you, I could spend a whole 40-minute service telling you the stories that come out of our preschool. But I'm just going to do one. So we have a little boy in our class called Ben, who is the sweetest, most helpful little boy, do not have a single bad word to say about Ben, very, very obedient little boy. But the one day, we were on the playground, and before snack time, we have to pack all the sandpit toys away so that they can get washed, so that we can use them tomorrow. And we were in the sandpit, and I said to him, Ben, please could you take the tractors and pack them away? And Ben looked at me and said, no thanks. I'm sure that's no surprise to those of you who have small children, no is quite a common word. Um, But to me, I was like, excuse me? I don't remember asking. I said put it away. And he said, why? And I said, well, Ben, because if you don't pack away the sample toys, they can't get washed, and then you can't have them tomorrow. And now, he is a small boy. He's two, he was two years old at the time. He had a small world and a small understanding. So to him, he couldn't see why I was asking him to do something so simple as pack away a sample toy when he could just play with it tomorrow. He didn't see my reason and he thought it was just some random request. That's why he said no. But obviously me being older and, you know, a little bit further along in life, I hope um, I knew why I could see the reason I could see the motivation. I could see the consequences for not doing what I had asked, which brings me to the thing that God has taught me so clearly is that God doesn't make random requests. He doesn't ask us to do things for the sake of it. Everything he does, there's a reason, there's a purpose, there's a plan. Now, a prerequisite for obedience is trust. Just like our parents, we can't obey our parents without trusting them. It's well, we can, but it's very difficult. Um, And trust is to believe that God knows best. Disobedience, stems from pride, believing that we know best, which, let's be honest, we don't. Now, why does God want us to trust Him? Again, He doesn't just ask for things for the sake of it. He's not that kind of a God. So I'm going to talk about three points um, and focus a lot more on the third. So the first two are a little bit shorter, but still very important. And the first one is that obedience is actually an act of worship. And worship is not just, you know, singing praise and worship. Worship is... Just full, wholeheartedly giving yourself to God, you know, obeying Him, doing doing what you need to do. And um, true obedience comes from deep in our hearts. It's a posture of sacrifice, actually, that we are giving of our own desires to follow His desires, Um, which is quite a difficult thing for some of us, especially if we haven't grown up knowing this and learning this, and we have to learn it. When we're a little bit older, it's a, lot it's a lot more difficult to change our way of thinking. Um, the second one is to experience His blessings. Obedience allows God and the Holy Spirit to work within us to grow and change us and heal us and get rid of all the rubbish that we grew up with and have learned about ourselves and have learned about the world and bring us into His kingdom and His word and His plan. And the great thing about that is that the outcome is always going to be rewarding. It can't not be when we're following God. Now, my main point, which that I really want to (laughs) emphasize, thank you. (laughs) The main point I really want to emphasize is that disobedience leads to Sin. So, when I was researching and I was looking it up, um, I came to Deuteronomy 11, verse 26, which says, Obey and you will be blessed, disobey and you will be cursed. Now, I had this, I've always had this since I was young, this defensiveness when reading the Bible. Like, hang on, why would you say that? That's so hectic. I can't believe God would do that. And my first thought was, What the heck? That does not sound a lot like free will, that sounds like do or else. And I had to really think about it and be like, okay, God, it's clearly not your heart. What are you telling me here? And he told me it's not a threat. It's a warning. He's saying, if you don't do this, this is what will happen. He's not punishing us. It's a natural consequence. So for Ben, if he didn't clean up the toys, the toys wouldn't get washed and he wouldn't have them tomorrow. For Ben, that would feel like a curse. But God didn't do that to him. I didn't do that to him. He did that to himself. And so that is what we do with God, is that we blame God for what's happening. Oh, you cursed me. You did this. When actually sometimes it's the consequences of our own choices. It then brought me to one of the most common verses we, we look at, Jeremiah 29, 11. So if you, want to turn to your, if you have your Bibles, you want to turn to that. That's what we're going to be focusing on a little bit. We hear this growing up so much. We hear Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. We all know it in Sunday school. Um, and when God brought this verse to my attention, I was kind of like, okay, maybe we could do something a little more, you know, risque. But this is what we had. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. I want to draw your attention to three words: prosper, hope future. This is a promise from God of what he's going to do over our lives. This is a promise from him showing us his heart. It's not, you know, too bad, too sad. He really wants the best for us. He wants to grow us. He wants us to live in the best of what he has for us. And we know, we know that God is good. That's, that's something that's taught throughout. We know that. This verse and countless others in the Bible prove it. It's not a hard thing to look for. We also know that God keeps his word. So how, if we are being obedient and we know that God keeps his word, how can good things not happen? That doesn't mean it's easy. Because we're doing it for our own good, not the sake of it, it doesn't mean it's going to be easy. Choosing a life of salvation is difficult. Um, someone said, I feel like it was Matt Phipps, but I could be, could be wrong. Um, being a Christian is simple, not easy. Most people think when you accept God into your life, when you accept him in, things are going to be easy breezy. It's a straight river. It's not. It's really tough. We all know this. And I think it gets a little bit dejecting sometimes when you're obeying and you're doing what's right and you're listening to the rules and things aren't going well. But that doesn't mean it's easy. Obedience is a process sometimes. If we don't understand the request or see the outcome, it's a little bit tricky to trust. Um, It takes us a few times to learn. Maybe like me, you do see the outcome and you just choose to do it anyway. That's been the story of my life. Um, But it actually doesn't matter whether or not we see the outcome. It doesn't matter whether or not we... The reason. Am I breaking up? Oh, sorry. Um, it doesn't matter whether or not we know the reason or we see the outcome. Obedience is a thing of trust, it's a thing of faith. It's not about us. It is in the long run, but the majority, it's about God. It's about honoring Him, listening to Him, knowing that He knows the beginning and the end. He knows. He shows us time and time again that he is trustworthy. That's why we choose the difficult life of salvation over the easy life of sin. We have a Father in heaven whom we can trust. We can strive to be obedient because of this, not for his sake, for our own. Thank you. Um, I'd love to just maybe close in prayer, because Kobena is going to go next and... I feel like our topics relate a little bit to each other, so I'd love to close and pray. Father, I just thank you for everyone sitting in this room. I thank you for the each individual journeys. You have taken them on and will continue to walk with them. I thank you that you have your hand in every single one of our lives, that you are trustworthy, that no matter what, no matter what the cost, we can trust you, we can obey you, and we can be blessed. Thank you for reaching your hand into our hearts, to opening us up to your word here today. I just pray for blessing, for an open-heartedness, and for your goodness. Thank you that you are good. Amen. Thank you, guys.
1: Can you hear me? No? Yes? I'm audible. Thanks, Jazzy, thanks for that warm welcome and introduction. Where's this thing? Yeah, now I feel like, now I feel like a real preacher. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, what uh, Justin was talking about in terms of when I asked him to uh, play that song, and also I, I wrote it down, it was the other worship song, This Is Amazing Grace. The reason why I asked for that song... And part of what happened today. So today, uh, Bev came up and she asked, uh, she asked who wants to give their life to the Lord. Sorry. Oh. Bev came up and asked who wants to give their life to the Lord. And people came up and they stood up. And that's what should be happening more and more often. That's what we should be seeing. This is what's something that we should be living for when we give our lives to the Lord. And funny enough, funny enough that's going to be my message today. Um, I want to be speaking on salvation and what the gospel is. So I've titled my message Simple Gospel. And just before I go into that message, I want, uh, the reason why I asked for that song um, that we're going to, that, um, to sing. is because we want to focus on some of these words where you're speaking about the cross and what Jesus has done for me. Because that's, all, that's what the gospel is. It's Jesus doing all the work for us so that we can have so eternal life with Him. That's the gospel that we should be speaking to people. It's not about speaking uh, all these legalities about and Christianese language and doing saying... To people, these little rules about being a Christian—that I must lay aside this and that and that—simple gospel of Jesus Christ, His life, His death, and His resurrection, so that we could have eternal life with Him. So, I'm going to go into this message, and in the beginning of that, I'm just going to tell you a little story, and the reason why uh, speaking the gospel is something dear to my heart. So. I got saved at the age of 16 in 2007, in Treveton, so just outside of Peter Marinsburg. I was living in Peter Maritzburg at the time. Uh, summer camp. So it was a youth camp. I was 16 years old, 2007. And when you are young, you're in a te- when you're a teenager and you hear camp, especially it's in summer, it's January, it's two weeks before school starts. All I know is I'm spending five days away from home, and I'm going to go eat and have fun. That's all I heard at church when they said summer camp for teenagers. I'm gone. Cheers, mom and dad. It's 400 bucks, by the way. Please pay, pay them. It's 400 bucks. I need to go on camp. And then it's me and my sister. So the parents are only thinking pockets. I'm thinking I want to go swim. I want to go have fun. I don't want to hear or see my parents for the next five days. So I've, there's a joke that says, if you want to hear, uh, hear God's humor, tell him your plans. <laughs> so that year, 2007, God heard my plans. All I wanted to do was go and chill and swim and have fun. So the third day of camp, I don't remember what the sermon was or whatever it was about. But the person I was speaking about, uh, there was an article, giving your life to Jesus. And I'm 16 years old. I've been going to church for years and years at the time. My parents took me to church. Before we used to go to Catholic church, because my father grew up Catholic. He got saved later. But all I knew about being Christian is that you go to church on Sundays and you walk a tight rope. (laughs) And you hope you don't fall. Otherwise, if you fall off, oh, that guy down there with the horns and the pitchfork. (laughs) So on the third day of camp, again, like I said, I don't even remember what the sermon was about, but it just felt that that message was here, was coming to me, was aimed directly at me. And then the line was, who wants to give their life to the Lord? And I'll tell you, I'll tell you, this is not, my seat was hot, I needed to stand up. I felt the need to respond. I've been going to church, don't even know why I need to come up, it's so embarrassing, It's my friends are here, and so forth, we're all kids here, we just, I just came here to jump on the trampoline and swim in the dam, guys. But I walked up, because I felt that God was talking to me directly, at 16 years old. And when I came up, and I put my hands up, and I said, I want to give my life to the Lord, because I believe that Jesus Christ gave his life for me. I look and there's my sister standing next to me. Me and my sister got saved on the same day. She was 14 at the time. I look again, two or three of my other friends in the church were also standing there. To this day, I'm still very, very close friends with people that I got saved with on that day. So, simple gospel. What is the simple gospel? It is the amazing amazing gift of eternal life through Christ Jesus. The good news of Jesus' life his death and his resurrection, overcoming the grave for our sins so that we could have eternal life with him. It is not the tight rope that we've been told that we should be good Christians, go to church every Sunday and make sure you don't uh, fall off and make sure that you obey your parents. Otherwise, if you fall off, you've got to work your way to salvation. Or or that little uh, story we hear about Father Christmas, if you're a bad kid, you're not going to get your presents on, on Christmas. That's what people believe salvation is. That's work. That's us working for salvation. That makes the cross null and void. If we had to earn our way into salvation, Jesus died for nothing. But the gospel is simple. Jesus Christ Came to earth, died on the cross for us, for our sins, so that we could have eternal life with him. And not wait until we're dead and buried to have eternal life. We can live in our eternal life with him here and now. And we speak that to the rest of the world. Simple gospel. That's it. That's it. So I've got three points in terms of what the simple gospel is. So we need to get the message across that Jesus already did the job. So my three points saying, Jesus did the job already. All you need to do is just confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. And you believe it in your heart. And you will be saved. And living with Christ in your heart is not... A tick box of things of do's and don'ts. We need to get that language out. People think that if I don't go to church on Sunday, woo. People think that, oh, I said a swear word today. Ooh, what does God think? Or all these other, I'm just putting the small, There's deeper ones, we all know them. Or am I the only one who's been naughty in my life? But it's not about living a, a life of... Li- crossing off do's and don'ts Jesus did the work for us on the cross and that's what we need to be telling people so um, I wanna, the reason for that I want to speak from Romans so from Romans chapter 10 If you have your Bibles, but it's going to be up there. So Romans chapter 10 from verse 9 to 13. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. For well, the scripture says, everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call on him. For everyone who calls on, his name of the, on the name of the Lord will be saved. I want to focus on Confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. So, as I said, point one is Jesus already did the work. You don't have to attain salvation. So, today when Bev came up and she asked, Who wants to give their life to the Lord? and people responded, There's going to be another opportunity if maybe you wanted to and you didn't. Because it's that simple. All you need to know, all you need to do is confess with your, with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord. And I'm repeating this because repetition never hurts anyone. That's how simple it is. That's all you need to be telling people. That's, there's another story I have. Um, there's a friend of mine, oh, he would grow to become a friend of mine, about 10 years ago, we did a treasure hunt. We would just go out into town and just um, just speak with people about Jesus. So I was about 22 years old at the time. In we go. there's a place called uh, Scottsville Moor. Going out to Scottsville Moor, I'm going out with the youth. I was leading youth at the time. Going out with the youth, going out into the city. And it's about Friday, 6 p.m. around there. So Scottsville Mall, for those who don't know, that area, it's, a, it's right by the university. So uh, that place is just pumping with varsity students, 20-somethings, 30-somethings, there's clubs all the way down the road, and the varsity is right around the corner, so there's raises and clubs all over. So all you have is, on a Friday night, there's people looking to have fun. Jesus is the last thing on the list of do's and don'ts for that night. And here comes this 22-year-old youth leader, and a bunch of his youth crew, walking around Scottsville, treasure hunting, just saying, Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. And I came across two, two guys. And I was just saying, do you guys know Jesus loves you? And then the one guy, he is grilling me. Like, he's just, on, he's got something to say. I'm just saying, and we're not debating, but he was just, it felt like he was just giving me a rough time. And I'm like, okay, dude, I've said what I need to say. It's either you believe me or you don't. In my head, I'm not saying that to him. But I'm like, okay, why is he... After a while, I realized, no, man, this guy, he's asking me direct questions. Where's your church? I realized, okay, wait, he's actually taking me up on my offer. Listen. I realized, no, this guy's actually listening to what I'm saying, and he's taking it in. I said, okay, well, our church is just a a couple hundred meters down the road. I'm a youth leader, so we're going back to youth when when we finished here. He says, okay, where's your youth? Okay, it's just up the road here. Probably in about 20 minutes we'll be back. I gave him the address. So there's two of them, two guys. Just by being obedient to say Jesus loves you to someone I didn't know. We finish what we were doing. We go back to youth. About 15, 20 minutes later, those two guys pitched up. My mind was boggled. I was like, this guy, I thought this guy was just giving me a hard time, just wanting me to just let him go. He pitched up to youth. They're not youth age, but that was, the only, that was their first reference for how I could meet them meet or talk with them. And so I invited them to church for the Sunday, gave them their address, they came to church on the Sunday. Long story short, they later joined the church, gave their lives to God. Both of them are now married. I've been to both of those guys' weddings, and I'm still very close friends with both of those today. But all I did was focus on the fact that Jesus already done the work on the cross. All I said was that Jesus loves you, and all you need to do to turn your life to him is confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord so on my second point as I said confess with your mouth and what is that that we're confessing Jesus Christ is Lord and Saviour when someone comes up and they say "Oh, when you're inviting someone to surrender their lives to Jesus you don't need to be giving them a list of do's and don'ts or you need to come to church next week or which church are you joining now you need to uh, take part in communion, otherwise, you're not a Christian. You need to put your money in the offering basket. You need to come to prayer meeting next week. You need to be part of a home group. No. Do you believe in your heart and confess in your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord? Yes, I do. Amen. And then, final point and it just feels like I've been saying the same thing, but yes, there's a reason behind that. It's that simple. Believe in your heart. And what is it that we believe in our heart? That God raised Jesus from the dead. That the free gift of eternal life is only through Christ Jesus. So, there's an image I want to give you. Uh, Okay, Paul, if you can stand up. So, Paul, I've got this present for you. Say that, say that loud, say that again. You'll take take it. it. Okay, that's yours. Thank you. That's the gospel. It is the free gift of eternal life through Christ Jesus that we freely receive when He gives it to us. And God's not going to take your salvation away from you. Nothing can take your salvation away from you. So, today, two gentlemen stood up and they gave their lives to God. They are saved. They believe in their heart that Christ Jesus is Lord. Their salvation can never be taken away from them. That is the free gift that they have received. They've taken it. So the point of that is you need to first take it. Believe in your heart. And confess with your mouth that Christ is Lord. So ladies and gentlemen, it's that simple. The gospel is that simple. We do not need to overcomplicate things. If, you find yourself, if you're find in a situation where you're going to an outreach somewhere, or you're just going to a summer camp with your youth, there's people that need to be saved. It's, you don't get saved just by being at church for 10 years. I was at church for seven, eight years before I got saved. Just because you go to church with your parents, because your mom woke you up, at six o'clock on a Sunday and you hated it doesn't mean you're saved. Just cause your wife said to you let's go to church and you, and you said yes because you know she's going to be angry at you doesn't mean that you're saved. So there's, here's an opportunity and Kate was speaking on obedience and the reason why I said my story was because when the opportunity came I could feel it in my heart that God was speaking to me, to me.